Greetings, this is your hostess with the mostest, Anoa Changa, just coming to you live on a special afternoon edition of The Way with Anoa. This is June 30th, end of the month, 2017. Um, I am here with a brief interview with Senator Nina Turner, now President Nina Turner. Doesn't President Nina Turner have a cool ring? Um, would be even cooler if she ran <laughs> independent or some other way, but... Um, that's just me being silly, you guys. But but seriously, though, Nina and I sat down and had a conversation earlier today that I'm happy to bring to you about her new role with our revolution. As many of you know, she has served on the board since its inception, approximately, uh, what, 11 months ago, um, our revolution turns one. Um, it's, a, it's a toddler, it's still a baby. Uh, in August, you know, there's, there's, a, as Nina and I discussed, you know, this is a movement that was born out of, you know, a campaign process, which is a very interesting way for something to start. But this is a synergy of many movements, as we've discussed previously, as I've discussed before, as others have said too, of, of work and activism and, and the culmination, you know, of, of folks coming together to, to help elect a candidate whom we thought would really help usher in a new era in our in our political sphere and and we're seeing that happen in varying forms whether people are all on the same exact page within the same organizations or not we're really seeing the 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 impetus you know we're seeing this pay out um with the organizing that is happening on a national scale in terms of people involving and engaging at the local level um running candidates so supporting candidates running for office themselves and so Nina and I dug into some about what she would like to do with our revolution, how to take it forward. I always appreciate her candor and discussion and look forward to future conversations and opportunities to really talk about how do we build out this work that we're all engaging in? How do we make sure that representation and inclusion is deliberate and intentional, um, not just in the membership of boards and staffers, but also in staff of organizations and as Nina points out that our revolution actually does have a very diverse staff I would push back a little bit now that I reflect on it some in thinking about how the leadership senior staff um, as we've seen with the release of the Sanders Institute and other groups still tends to be uh, rather male and white in a lot of these organizations across the board and in this progressive spaces that we're talking about at least there is an openness and dialogue to have uh, inclusion, but I really like the way Nina, you know, kind of pushes back a little bit with me as well to talk about to uh, uh, inclusion and diversity of also of ideas. And this is also a point that was made on a call um, some weeks back by Chokwe Lumumba, well, Mayor Chokwe Lumumba. Um, shout out to folks over in Jackson that are having weekend long celebrations to usher in their new era. Um, but 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 one thing that Chokwe had pushed back on, Mayor Lumumba had pushed back on, was that you know, we do need to have a diversity of ideas. So if we have candidates, if we have organizations that are not maybe diverse and representative in some ways, if they have ideas, if they are, if they are talking the right language and actually acting on that, right? Not just talking because we need more than people just talk, but they're actually acting on these things. Those are people we can get behind and build with and we can kind of work on some of the other issues. And, and Nina kind of points to that similar type of thing. And I really appreciate that. I also appreciate the fact that she envisions her leadership as being able to make spaces more inclusive and more representative of the movement that it's claiming to be a part of or a leader in. And so, um, so it was a really good discussion as always. I really enjoy talking to her and, and, and I appreciate where she comes from and how she tries to bring folks together on a certain page. I know that there are some people out there that may not agree with her approach, but my thing always is you may not agree with people, 
You know what I'm saying? It's particularly in our public commentary as folks who engage in independent media. We don't have to agree with people. We don't have to agree with the spaces that we're in. But we should actually respect those people, respect those spaces, and make sure that we're providing an accurate representation of what people are saying, doing, and building. Um, we might, like, again, we might not agree with what they're saying, doing, and building, but we definitely should be respectful. And again, it respects it's just basic human, you know, dignity and interaction. It has nothing to do with respectability and how we got to curtail how we behave just to appease other people. This is about, you know, building one-on-one relationships, whether between actual organizations or individuals, respecting the work of other people. We may not agree with their work. That's fine. But but I really did appreciate how she she made this notation there about being the change you want to see. So criticize if you want to, most definitely. And she and, and Nina acknowledges the way I do critique and criticize quite a bit. I don't necessarily always agree with even everything she takes as a position or stance, but I absolutely appreciate her openness and willingness to discuss, to build, to mentor. And and I also think she's one of the few, she's one of the few leaders that we have nationally who absolutely will support and recognize the value of work being done regardless of what party process people are choosing to align with. And that is one thing that really grabs me about her as a leader. And it's just that, you know, she even says that she's like, you know, regardless of what party and Nina will has said this so much. And she's also not afraid, even though she still is currently a D a role on the role as a Democrat, right? She hasn't changed her affiliation. She hasn't started a new party. Nina, if you start a new party, you already know I'll be one of the first ones there ready to help build out the work. Um, would love to see her do something other than be a Democrat because Democrats absolutely do not deserve <laughs> Being able to call upon her as one of their own, the woman with the attitude and behavior towards someone like Nina Turner, well, not even someone like Nina Turner, to Nina Turner, who is genuinely trying to help make this a better place for all of us, trying to help build work and build bridges across ideas, trying to take time to listen to people, regardless of whether they supported Senator Sanders or not. I mean, it's really an amazing and beautiful thing. And so it really baffles me but I'm inspired daily because she's still willing to be in there and be in the trenches for something that she believes in fighting for. And so in that respect, like with many other people, I can support the work that they are doing. I may not support necessarily um, the Democratic Party itself, but I do support her and the way she is willing to leverage her name, her brand and her knowledge to support people doing good work wherever they are, regardless of whether it is ultimately for the benefit of the Democratic Party. And that is something that she notes in our discussion. And I really, really just wanted to re-stress, reiterate that. I just really want to stress that point that we need to be about the work. We need to be about focusing the issues. And I know there are people who are very disgusted and discouraged by the Democrats and the way to do business. But spending our time tearing them down versus building up the institutions and processes and, and systems that we would like to see, I mean, we need to do both and. We can definitely critique. We can definitely criticize. We can definitely, you know, put people on notice. And we can also still build and work with people like Senator Turner, like President Turner. But doesn't that have a great ring to it? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm lighthearted. With this, I, I really do think it's amazing, and I really am hopeful for the work that can happen under a Nina Turner, you know, leadership at our revolution. There are a lot of wonderful people all across the country um, who have identified and aligned with our revolution, and 
want to be able to do things locally and they need some help in how to organize. And I think organizations that are trying to get off the ground, um, smaller, newer organizations that are trying to get off the ground and doing organizational, um, you know, organizing type training and work like impact, which I, which I'm a part of structuring. Um, and even some of the work that we've been talking with with DFA and other groups, I really do think that there, this is a new era and a new wave of potential action to happen in this movement and with an organization like Our Revolution that's reaching its platform. I think that we should try our best to be engaged as much as much as possible and, and, and help be the change that we say we want to see. I'm not saying that everyone needs to go run out and start our revolution chapter and be part of our revolution, but I do think that where we can have collaborative work and opportunities, we really should look and build on that where possible um, because it is about the work. It is about the issues. It is about us building stronger communities and, and stronger methods for uh protecting those among us that are marginalized and disenfranchised by this current system. So I look forward again to working with her. Um, we'll be in Ohio together at mobilize 88 and um, I, I'm really excited, you know, to see what's, what's, what's coming down the pipeline. Fair is fair. And if critique is warranted, it will definitely be given. But at the same time, you know, I'm, 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 I'm open to seeing what happens and seeing what support, like quite honestly, not not that I've been anti our revolution, um, but I know that just from some of the things I've seen and heard in the past, I've not been like really willing to jump on the our revolution bandwagon. However, from my conversations with Nina Turner over, you know, the past, you know, since since the winter time, just thinking more about the work to be done and, and the fact that she understands the challenges that exist for us at the local level, I am really um, like I said, I'm really optimistic and, and open to seeing what happens and looking forward to working with her and others in a collaborative manner um, across issues to help make us make our community stronger. And the fact that, like I said, again, the fact that she's open to supporting people, even if they're not Democrats, that means something to me. So we'll see what our revolution does in this new phase as it enters its first full its first full year of existence. And um, there's more work to be done. So let's get this work. Tune into this interview and let me know what you guys think. Peace. I'm doing well. Rather, I should say, Madam President. <laughs> that has such an awesome <laughs> Thank you. Um, just watching your your message um, through the arm. I, I got the email like everyone else. Actually, you know, I saw the tweet from 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 other people announcing, and I read the announcement, and I watched you of your awesome video that went out yesterday um, to everyone on the Arm Revolution list, and 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 and. You know, with, with your work and having watched you now the past two years, it's always been about moving us together forward, not brushing aside, um, you know, any type, anything that arises that could be considered a source of potential conflict or discord, but really trying to help people work through the challenges we're experiencing as, as, a, as a young movement. And, and, and leveraging that into mm-hmm. growth and opportunity to move forward. And, and so I'm just interested to hear some of your thoughts about you know, our revolution and, and where you hope to see us all go, um, you know, under your, your leadership. Well, thank you for that, uh, Noah. And I, the movement is young. You know, our revolution will be celebrating this one-year anniversary in August. So it is, you know, a very, very young organization, yes. as we all know. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. There, there are always growing pains, and 
you know, when it was kind of tense in the beginning and, you know, Senator Sanders, I mean, this was born. I mean, we it was born because he had the courage to get out there and to be the man in the arena, as Teddy Roosevelt often talks about, somebody that got in there and fought against the establishment and really awakened many sleeping giants, as you know, people who have never even participated in the process in the ways that they are now in terms of activism and, and being an organizer. All of that stuff took on new life because he had the courage to challenge the system. And you know how I feel about history, especially the history of African-American folks. If our ancestors did not have the courage to challenge the system, you know, where would we be today as a people? And to me, you know, when you are trying to do something great but also do something different and do things that have import to humanity, it is very hard. It is very challenging. And to me, our revolution is very much a part of some historical first, and we have not had a progressive movement in this way since the, the, the 1800s, the late 1800s. And there's some similarities, but there's some differences. And the new portions of the progressive movement right now is, you know, uh, immigration, Black Lives Matter, you know, elderly lives matter. I mean, you know, we have so many people uh, suffering in this country. Black children's lives matter, you know, thinking about that baby that was in the back of the car uh, That's trying true. to comfort her mother, that video that we all saw, Diamond and, and her daughter, and the daughter is comforting her mother, saying, you know, don't curse, Mom, I'm paraphrasing, I don't want you to get shoot, you know, uh, right. shoot it is, is, is what the baby said. You know, so black kids' lives matter, too. The progressive movement has many causes from criminal justice to the environment to, you know, social justice, income and, and wealth inequality, intersectionality, you know, which you and I talk about a lot. You talk about that a lot. So there's a lot in the 21st century version of the progressive movement. And I see our revolution very much a part of other, we're not the only one, but there are very few groups mm-hmm. that do exactly what we do, which mm-hmm. is to push and to support uh, people running on local levels of government because local offices matter too, mm-hmm. and not just the presidency and not just people who are in the halls of Congress, but who who's your mayor, who's your prosecutor, who are your judges. You know, when we talk about the criminal justice system, it's not just about the police officers. Law enforcement is about what type of judges do we elect, what type of prosecutors do we have, do they honor life, do they believe in accountability and transparency. So our revolution is very much a part of that. And I want to take our revolution to the next level. I do want to, you know, give a shout-out to Jeff Weaver, who was the first president of this organization. You know, Senator Sanders asked him to to lead it. Uh, He is in, in transition, you know, by choice. You know, so people out there, you know, we all have our detractors. You and I both know that personally. We have our right. but you know he did he did a great job, and we have hundreds of affiliates across the country. We are in 49 states, and we're also in Puerto Rico. And you know what? No, I'm going for that last state. We're gonna have 50 states before all this is over. I like a good challenge, but I I really want to you know continue to build upon that and and bring people together, and 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 just we're we're doing this for the, for the people and I want generation yet unborn to say that in 2017 or in the 21st century there were groups of people and I want our revolution to be part of those groups that they talk about who stood up for 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 all the people to make sure that folks could live a good life and to challenge the system in that regard 
Absolutely, absolutely. I definitely think that most, if not, I won't say all of us, we, we have, you know, the people who like their Discord. But I will say that most of us do mm-hmm. agree that we, we definitely have a complex and diverse movement. And we, our revolution being one of the organizations born out of the campaign along with others. And like mm-hmm. you're, you're right, there are few organizations really trying to grapple these systemic issues in organizing, particularly looking in terms of, you know, changing the face of local elections and state elections that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, I, I was just reminded recently that here in Georgia, there are, are I forget how many, what percentage of the seats it is, but the large number of seats that are actually left um, unopposed at the state and local level. And mm-hmm. in the story of some mm-hmm. places where the Democratic Party has actually sat on its hands, versus really trying to engage yeah. and really organize people. And so one of the questions I know that I've gotten from people, um, you know, in terms of, like, our revolution, just thinking about in terms of how we're really starting to organize and move to the next level in our movement building with people who are in marginalized communities, you know, you and I have talked before, and what I love saying from the hood to the holler, really digging in and addressing these issues that can be uncomfortable for us to address and talk about, but finding a way to build without, feeling like we're alienating one group in defense of another, but really getting yeah. everybody on the same page, that when we're talking about systemic oppression, yeah. it takes many different forms. You know, something that I've been talking about, and you mentioned intersectionality, has been, you know, the experience of black progressives in these spaces over the past two years, and really it's a historical one. I found, I was digging through archives and found some old articles about the experiences that Ida Sister Ida B. Wells had, you know, during the women's mm-hmm. and, and and how there were white women who were willing to leverage the racism of white women in the South for their cause overall at the expense That's of right. black sisters. And so we, we, we have these tensions. They're historical. Like you said, the late 1800s, they're historical. So how do we kind of try to figure out how to deal with the uncomfortableness of these tensions mm-hmm. while we're trying to build out this organizing work going forward? Very good, good question, I know, and I, and I definitely want to publicly acknowledge the role that you play, the fact that you came to the People's Summit, you embraced what they were trying to do, what was already going on, but you didn't ask for permission to create a space for black progressives. And I use you as, as an example for a very good reason. You didn't just sit back and, and, and you know, complain about the, the People's Summit. You know, you got a group of people who came together. People are not perfect. You know, none of us are perfect, and none of us are always all right, and none of us are always all wrong. And that's the first thing that we have to understand, and that if everybody in every single organization or institution or entity or movement were all doing exactly the same thing, then somebody is not needed. I think there's a Chinese proverb that says that if two people always agree and the emphasis is on always, then one is not needed. So we got to think about some of these things in a in a very you know logical way, and sometimes we don't do that. And so you know we know there were some complaints on you know in Twitterverse and online you know criticizing the People's Summit. There, there's one thing in terms of you know being just a straight up hater, and there's another uh, another side to, to having an honest critique. And what I like about what you did was you came there, you know, with open, you know, open mind. Your show was going. You and your girl, you know, Black Girl Magic was all around that place. As you and I know, about 54% of the total people who attended were of color, which is a big deal. So we are penetrating the movement. But we have to, all of us have to awaken somebody else's consciousness and not necessarily get mad at them if they not hashtag woke 
on a certain issue that we care about, let's first, as Stephen Covey said, seek first to understand and then to be understood. So there's going to be many moments of frustration as all of us are working, or many of us. I won't say all of us because everybody in the room is not in that room for the same reason. But many of us come to the table, we come to these spaces with, 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 with good intentions. And, and it gets, gets heated, and, and emotions flare. And emotion is good as long as we're going to use that emotion for a purpose. So our revolution is, is one of many organizations, you know, in that space. And, and one of the things that I am going to bring constantly, and I was on the board too, Anoa, Anoa, and I know you know that. Your listeners might not know. So I'm not new to this. I was on the board right. of our revolution. That board is very diverse. I mean, very diverse. And Senator Sanders put strong-willed people. He didn't put yes women and men on that board. He put folks on the board that would challenge and that would speak up. For my Hispanic sisters and brothers, you know, we have a, a, a transgender sister, you know, on that board. I mean, we are the rainbow, and, and, and these people are strong-willed, and we don't necessarily always agree, but we talk it out, and then we reach a consensus for the greater good. But I want our revolution to continue to grow and be that uh, that beacon of light. I'm certainly going to work on issues of greater diversity. There's no doubt about it. But I don't want anybody to listen to your show just to think just because they don't see it, that it is not happening. It is. Right. We have black people on the board. We have Hispanic people on the board. We've got men, women, you know, some more seasoned, some, you know, a little younger. We, we have the mix. Uh, on, on that board. Now, can somebody look and say, well, you don't have this person? You can always say that. So I want to, you know, I want us to focus on what we can do and not what we can't do. And there's always space for everybody. And I think that anybody should be open to honest critique. But what folks shouldn't be open to is to be maligned, especially when you're trying to do a good, a good work. And that's the part about our space in order that I don't, I don't really like. Just this blanket, you want to malign somebody just because they don't believe or think the same way that you do right. or just because they haven't done something exact, exactly the way you want it. If you don't like it, then go out and you do something too. Right, 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 definitely, definitely. And I, and I do agree about in terms of the diversity. Even I think, I don't know if it was Marcus Farrell or Ben Dixon, I can't remember who made this, uh, this, this, this observation, that with you now becoming president mm-hmm. of our revolution, that it's that it, you know, leading progressive organizations that we were saying, like especially it's leading predominantly, leading predominantly white organizations. I believe you're the first mm-hmm. black woman to run one. Was what, what we were saying, and it's a very interesting story, you know, to tell. And it's one thing that I have pushed back with many people because you know the way I directly do challenge, and it's, it's, it's a loving critique. It may not feel loving again because I'm advocating in a particular mm-hmm. way, but. But really, it's wanting the movement and wanting people to do and be better. And I've often said to people that they can't use you or Lucy Flores or, or, or whomever they're able to particularly point to as, see, look, this one person mm-hmm. exists, so we don't have a problem. It's a great, it's great that no. we can point to you as being that beacon, and you are such a sales voice on these matters, because yes. it's not just like yes. you in there, so it's like, yeah, free ride for everybody now that I'm here, but it is a real conscientious. Right effort that you take when you're in these spaces to make sure it's in the right. and people are understanding and coming together around the issues because it should concern That's right. you know, our others in the movement. So when we start looking at staff in a lot of the organizations, like DSA actually has a rather diverse staff, which is pretty wild. But like when we start looking at staffing in organizations, you know, we, we have some great board representation, like our resolution said. When we start looking mm-hmm. at staff and staff's ability and comfort to talk about a lot of these issues, that starts to get a little bit mm-hmm. trickier. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are about how we kind of work more with, just across this progressive space, 
our revolution specifically, but in terms of building out this work and the people who are who are prepared to do it, how do we start, you know, making sure that we have staff that's reflecting this movement that we're growing, you know, at the base on the local level? You have to be intentional about it, and you have to have readers who have the power to make a decision, like I do, to be intentional about it, and, and, and I am. But I will say for our revolution, not only is the board diverse, but the staff is diverse. The overwhelming majority of staff at our revolution, staff of color. So we we, need, we got to hold people accountable for that. And it just it, it, it boggles my mind sometimes when people, you know, our revolution is a baby, but they can, you know, check the record. The majority of our staff, women, and the majority of the staff is diverse. Now, you know, we, and I'm going to talk about the DNC right now. You know, people, mm -hmm. you know, they're just blindly loyal to a party. I know you remember a couple of years ago, Steve Phillips' organization, I'm forgetting the organization right now, they did a uh, audit. Yeah, they, 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 they looked at how they spent their millions of dollars in terms of how, what, type of con what type of contracts, you know, who gets the contracts. What's the diversity level of the contract? And found out that less than, I want to say, I think it was less than 3% of the money that was spent by the DNC. Now, we're talking about a million dollars, millions of dollars, you know, mm -hmm. millions of dollars at their disposal. Not the Republicans' disposal, their disposal. And they spent very few dollars with companies of color in terms of consultants. You know, mm -hmm. who you buy your supplies from. You know, who you get all of the things that they can control. So we have to hold people accountable, and especially in the elected space. And because the Democratic Party enjoys the lion's share of its votes from from black, black people and then black women especially, Absolutely. we want to know how you're spending that money, who's in the upper echelon, and, and other people of color too. And then also ageism is not cool either. So and when we talk about diversity, I want to know if you discriminate against people of a certain age because if we all live long enough, we're going to get there. So I'm always watching what happens to the elders because I'm going to be there <laughs> one day myself. And, yeah. you know, when people are in their 20s and 30s, they might not necessarily fixate on that, but the struggle is real. You know, um, do you, you know, what is the gender diversity? What is the sexual orientation diversity? What is the diversity of ideals? Because it makes no difference whether or not, you know, your point about what uh, white women did during the women's, the women's movement, locking us out, was the same thing that the suffragettes also did when black men were about to get the right to vote. You know, and they, they, they cried. They, they, I mean, not cried. I shouldn't say cried because we're talking about women. They complained about that. And they basically said, right. I'm paraphrasing, you going to give the black man the vote over us? The right. white woman? Absolutely. Now, so we need to understand our history here. Everybody is not always our ally at all times. And these were women who were actually fighting, you know, a, a good fight in terms of don't treat women in this country like second-class citizens, although they were willing to treat black women like third-class citizens Absolutely. and did not yes. want black men to get the right to vote over them. That's when their whiteness took over. You understand? They weren't that progressive. That, so you and I understand that people need to go back and study that. So give organizations a chance, give people a chance. We've got to hold folks accountable, and especially these institutions that have been in place for a very long time. Now, I'm not telling people, look, 
Vote however you want. Vote for the party you want. But hold people accountable. And you can be loyal. There's nothing wrong with loyalty. Loyalty is a good thing, but you can't be blindly loyal, Noah. And that is the thing that is getting to me. You want people to just go out and vote for folks just because this is how we've always done it and then you've been voting this way for generations without saying, oh, my God, they, they have $5 million in their budget. Well, how much of that did they spend with black people? How much of that did they spend with Hispanic folks? How much of that? And you have to be deliberate in that. And I'm not saying you just find any, you know, any person and check the box. What I am saying is that all things being equal, that you give diverse companies and diverse people an opportunity. And this is my other point um, that, that I want to make is also it doesn't matter if you have a rainbow coalition if all of those coalitions are in the upper echelons of wealth and influence. In other words, mm-hmm. you need people at the table who have diversity of experience, people, working class people. You know, let's, yes. let's run some, some union workers and some teachers, you know, and, 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 and some, some of the, the carpenters and, and all of the people who are in the blue-collar professions that some of these folks, even that we love and admire, look down on. How many people from those types of backgrounds did President, have in his, President Obama have in his cabinet? You know, how many down-the-way folks? You know, how many people who did not go to the most elite colleges and universities in the country? So all I'm saying is watch what people do when they have the power. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Absolutely right. So, I mean, I know that you have a busy, we're, we're out, about out of time, but I just wanted to thank you again for taking the time. And I really appreciate how thoughtful you do approach these issues and conversations and definitely spaces to talk more about, um, you know, how are we actively engaging folks at the margins in the communities, working class folks, like you're talking about, because this is really who, if we lift, if we turn and lift up our brothers and sisters, they lift us up right along with them. We're really mm-hmm. being deliberate mm-hmm. and intentional in our revolution and our movement building, I mean, going forward, whether, and I, I look forward to catch up with you next month in Ohio, uh, mobilized 88. That's oh. phenomenal. Uh, yes. I'm so glad you're coming, Noah. I'm so really excited about And I do want to say to all your listeners, too, that I am open to, you know, suggestions, recommendations, observations, because sometimes people get blind spots, and leaders can't right. run for that, from that. What I don't like is people trying to tear the folks down, and that's my absolute You know, people are human, and people have feelings. You know, you come at people trying to tear them down versus saying, you know, this is something that I've observed or this is something that I want to put on your mind or have you thought about this? Those are all fair questions, but if we're all fighting ultimately for the same thing, whether you come from this from the Black Lives Matter vantage point or you come from it from the vantage point that we need to save Mother Earth or, you know, income and wealth inequality may be your thing, you know, immigration reform may be your thing, it doesn't, you know what, all of those things put together make the whole and we're all fighting to make a more just society, you know, and, and, and that's what I want people to know, that we don't all have to think the same, but we make the whole. And sometimes even within the family, you will have a disagreement. But that doesn't mean we have to destroy one another in having that disagreement. Hard on the issues, soft on people. That's, like I, that's how I like the role. But I am very cognizant, and I do have a certain consciousness and a certain vantage point that I am going to bring to this position, and I am very sensitive to how diverse are we being, not just race and gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, age, but also class as well. Are we listening to our working class, black, Hispanic, Native American, Asian, and everybody else in between? 
we need to listen to the voices of those people who don't have the opportunity to give voice all the time. So that is the kind of, I am a servant leader, and that's how I roll. Well, I appreciate so much. Thank you. This has been an awesome conversation, as usual. Um, and I definitely look forward to following up and working with you more. To, 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 like you said, regardless of who we're supporting party-wise, making sure people are accountable, but building out good work for the people in our community mm. and, 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 and really creating sustainable change that we can leave behind for those coming after us. So thank you. I appreciate you so much. Amen. Thank you for being the change, you know. You are the bomb. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm going to stop before I, before I lose my professionalism. Have a good rest of your day. <laughs> you too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.